This is the Holding Out to Learning LLC production. Hit it! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You better turn right back around because here comes the short Bob dude from the Parents Recharge Show. What is going on, fellow parents? Thank you for checking out the Parents Recharge Show. In this episode, we're going to dive into communication between the school and home, and vice versa, the home to school, and kind of give you an idea of a framework of maybe answering some of your questions that you might have, but also giving you some knowledge of how this whole system can work. Because a lot of times, parents from the outside looking in don't have all the knowledge of how certain things should work. And maybe in some cases, you need to communicate with the school something super important. And in many cases, they need to communicate with you something super important. And the best thing, the most reasonable thing is for everybody to work together as a team to make this happen. So it ends up being great for your child, regardless of how old they are, what grade they're in. We need everybody on the same page. That's what we're going to dive into. The importance of communication, it really can't be understated because in order for everybody to work together, we got to get everybody on the same page and have free-flowing communication back and forth, even through some of the difficult conversations that might be happening between the school and home or the home to school. Before I jump into all that, though, in case you're new, first off, welcome, and I want to give you a little bit of background. Like, why would I be talking about this particular topic? It's not just because... You know, maybe I'm a parent, which I am, and it's not just because maybe I'm an educator, which I am. So I'm not looking at this from one side. And so a lot of times what happens in society, regardless of whatever the topic is, is we come at it from one angle. And when we do that, sometimes we fail to take into consideration all the things we need to. And when we're talking about children, we've got to make sure everybody on both sides of this table work together. Now, if you don't know this about me already, I was in ed- education as an elementary school teacher for 20 years, and then I moved to a resource leader position for the last five years, and my job is to support the staff so that they can support kids, especially kids with needs. However, I'm also a proud parent of three, and our kids come with a lot of different challenges and some very unique needs. And so my wife and I also look at things in the lens of supporting our kids and advocating for our kids, just like you do at home. And you want the best possible education experience for your kid. And you're willing to go to bat for them. You're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that this happens, and rightly so. However, today's discussion is going to talk about that and the importance of working with the educating team whether it be teachers and paraprofessionals or administrators, so that we get everybody on the same page. So let's get into all this communicating. We'll, do, we'll start from the basics and build to you know, how you deal with challenging things in the end. Let's get into it. It's time to get recharged, people. So first off, as a parent, you probably, unless you work in education, you probably don't have an idea of what kind of communication should be coming home, how that should look. And in some cases, you may have questions like, is this what it should be happening? Is this what should be happening at all the schools? Because this is what's happening at our school. 
So let me kind of clear that up for you. The importance of communication from school to home can't be understated. Both teachers and leadership teams need to be communicating with the families. You're going to see this in a wide variety of ways. So in many cases, teachers or also schools will send home emails often or newsletters. You might get a weekly phone call. Maybe you'll get some kind of planner that gets passed and forth between the teacher and the home. There should, there should be some way for the school to be able to communicate with you on a consistent basis. This should not be happening just like, say, you know, once a marking period or once a month. This should be more consistent because it's important to keep you in the loop with everything that's happening both in the classroom and also throughout the whole school in general. So hopefully that's happening. And if, you're, if you, that's not happening, I would highly suggest you pay close attention to later in this conversation when we talk about how to go about having certain challenging conversations and possibly advocate for what you feel like you and your family and most importantly your student, your child needs. So again, schools should be communicating and teachers should, be, should have some kind of communication. However, please be reasonable. I always say this. Things will work much more smoothly if we all live in this world I call reasonable land. Understanding that educators, they are incredibly busy. I want you to picture what life might be like for a teacher and think about some of the challenges that they might face. And now I want you to multiply it by probably 100 to 1,000 because working in in education, it takes an immense heart. It takes incredible compassion. It takes incredible work ethic. It takes a lot of perseverance because it's not easy. Believe me, if you want to find out the challenge, sign up to be a substitute. Go in for one day. Go in for two days. Try a few days. You'll walk away with a brand new perspective on what life is like as a teacher. So I say be reasonable about communication because if you're expecting the world, the moon, for your one child, that's probably not reasonable. Let me give you an example. Say your child's at the elementary level and you would love to have consistent pictures coming home about the activities they're doing on an hourly basis. I'm going to tell you that's probably pretty reason- pretty unreasonable. You know why? Because teachers are busy. They are doing what they're supposed to be doing in educating and working with kids. And although a lot of teachers are involved with getting information out through apps or sending out things on social media, same for schools, you need to be realistic and look through a lens of you've got one kid or maybe you've got multiple kids. However, in their classroom, you've got one kid, but they've got 30 or at the secondary level, they're working with 150 kids maybe over the course of a day. Your focus is one. And believe me, I totally get that because in our situation, we understand how we need to advocate for our kids, especially because of some of the needs they have. However, I also need to remind myself, and my wife will tell you the same thing, we have to be reasonable with what we expect from our educators because we're looking through this lens of support my child. I want them to be successful. And teachers are doing that However, or they should be doing that, they're also looking through this lens of, I need to support all of these kids. I've got to make sure all of these kids are successful. Again, it's super challenging. So just be reasonable. Teachers should be keeping you in the loop. 
Schools should be keeping you in the loop. But if you're asking them to pump out pictures on an hourly basis so you can keep tabs on what your child's doing in every waking minute of the day, probably not reasonable. Just think in terms of what do you think a teacher needs to do and try to be understanding that they've got a job to do that is ultra challenging and ultra busy. So from their end, they're giving you hopefully pretty consistent communication. Some teachers will send messages on a nightly basis or a weekly basis. My son at the high school has like maybe the world's most amazing social studies teacher and she has constant reminders sent out to all of her students. However, I also think like she's next level and as amazing as that is, it's probably unreasonable to ask every single teacher in the world to do it because teachers also have lives. And once they leave the classroom, we need to be respectful of the fact that they do need to have some time to spend with their families. And just like you have kids that you're looking at in school, many of our educators have kids and they have activities and lives outside of their jobs. And we need to be respectful of their time as well. So again, just be reasonable, but thinking in terms of what should we be getting from schools, you should be getting a consistent update a phone call, a newsletter, an email, and I will always say, and I do often say to educators, we need to make sure somehow, some way, we're building connections with homes because we all need to be on the same team. So I want to dive into what you should be doing for communication too because this is a back and forth. First off, schools should be wanting you to provide communication as it's needed. Again, Please be reasonable. If you're sending an email to a teacher every single day, you're looking through that lens of one, one kid. I want you to do this for my kid. I want you to do this for my kid. I want you to do this for my kid. If that happens over and over and over again, it becomes a little bit selfish because there's a lot more than one in that classroom. However, you need to be comfortable enough to approach teachers with whatever information you feel like needs to happen. So emails, Like I said before, a lot of times educators will have communication apps that they utilize, phone calls, and they should be receptive to phone calls. And what should you be sharing with them? Well, first and foremost, teachers love positive comments. They don't get a lot. There's not enough pats on the back for educators because it's hard, hard work. So if there's something great that's happening and your kid comes home and says, I loved this today, take a second send them a positive message. Let them know they love that. And again, we start to develop that team when we do that. I'm not telling you if your child comes home every day and says something wonderful about their teacher, you need to make sure that you send them an email. I'm just saying, you know, every now and then, let them know that there's some good things happening and you appreciate it. But what about if you have questions about things? Again, the apps, the emails, phone calls, they should be receptive to that as long as it's done in a reasonable manner. And beyond that, sometimes there's things we need to communicate with schools or especially teachers about our individual child. This is something cool that one of the teachers shared with us at the beginning of this year for one of our daughters in middle school. And he said, you know what? Things happen in life. This, per- this teacher is a parent, so they- <laughs> he totally gets it. And he said, if you have a rough start to the morning or there's something that's happening in your life that's a little bit off kilter and you're worried about your child but maybe you don't want to share those personal details, 
just send a quick note or send a quick email or a quick message that just says, handle with care. That lets them know at the beginning of the day, you know what, Susie's coming in. I need to make sure that I am being ultra compassionate to her today because even if I don't know the details of what's happening in her life, there's something going on and I need to be ultra extra compassionate with her today. And as he says, handle with care. That's what can happen when you have a really strong, positive team climate between the school and home. The home helps the school, the school helps the home, and we all get on the same page. So again, do your part to send out communication, but then I'm also going to share this piece, and it goes along with being reasonable. I want you to think about for a second, have you ever sent an email to somebody and you were really, really juiced about getting that answer, whether it was something you needed to know or something you were concerned about? And I'm not even talking about just in education. Maybe it's in your work life, whatever. You've sent an email and now all of a sudden you're waiting for that reply. And sometimes it can tear you up internally and you're like, why won't they just email me for crying out loud? And it's been 15 minutes. <laughs> this is something I often tell to parents. And I share this with teachers too, because if teach if teachers have to respond to emails, they need to try to be cognizant of the idea that parents want a, an immediate response if it's possible. However, you know what happens? If you send an email and they respond within 10 minutes, that's time they're taking away from helping all the kids in the classroom. So the best that you can, try to be patient when you're sending out a message, you're making a phone call and you leave a voicemail and you're waiting for a return, try to be patient. Give them an opportunity to come back to you. And it might not even be that day. Maybe it's the next day. Great educators are booked up with busy things the whole day. And if we're asking them to get on and just answer emails and responses all the time, it's taking away from our most important duties. Number one, always keeping kids safe, making sure we know what kids are doing at all times. And number two, making sure that kids are getting the best possible education they can. So just be reasonable. Think in terms of, I've sent this message, and as hard as this might be, I'm going to wait patiently for them to respond. 24 hours is a good, reasonable amount of time. So what do you do if you wait 24 hours and you haven't heard back? Do you go in there with a flamethrower and be like, you didn't answer my email. No, <laughs> I hope not. You circle back respectfully. Circle back respectfully. Hit them with it again. Try to be respectful with the language. If it's an email or if it's a phone call, again, try to be respectful. Try to be understanding. Sometimes you miss emails. I will tell you right now, I apologize to people at work because my inbox gets loaded up with stuff, and occasionally I'll miss an email, and it's not because I'm ghosting the person. A lot, sometimes we, we like jump to conclusions in our own heads. I've done this many times myself. Nobody responds within this time that you think is reasonable, and you're like, oh my goodness, they're just flat out ignoring me. But the majority of the time, it's not that, that's not the case. Majority of the time is maybe they've accidentally missed your email, or maybe they just have sifted through their stuff and they haven't gotten to it yet. Or you send an email at the end of the day and you want an immediate response, but they're off doing soccer or basketball with their kids at night, or they've got some kind of event with their family at night and they don't have a chance to look at it the next day. 
until the end of the day. Because as soon as they get back to work, it's go time. That's the kind of reasonable thing that happens for an educator's life. So I say, circle back after 24 hours and say, hey, just to let you know, in case you missed it, I sent you an email yesterday. I was curious to get your thoughts on this. Can you please get back to me as soon as you possibly can? Thanks so much. Personally, it doesn't matter if I'm talking to families, doesn't matter if I'm talking to work workers. I go above and beyond adding in extra layers of like, appreciate your time, extra things that I throw on top, like hope you're doing great, blah, blah, blah. And it may annoy some people, but the purpose is I want them to know that I'm being respectful. So when you're communicating and you're circling back to a principal or a teacher, just still try to be respectful. Now, what do you do if you circle back and nothing happens? Get out your flamethrower and go in there and start firing up, right? No, (laughs) please do not. Remember, the important thing here is we're trying to build a team and giving the school every opportunity to help us in this process. If there's something that's super concerning, you might not be able to wait 24 hours. Something severe happened at school, you need to report it, and you've sent an email message or you've given a phone call and you haven't heard back from the school, then feel free to email or phone call the next, if it's of immediate concern, you probably need to call and do so the next day. And if it's a real concern, maybe show up at the school to see if you can talk with somebody in person. However, the vast majority of what we do, if we wait the 24 hours, it's not going to be too crucial, just maybe a little painstaking on our part as parents as we're waiting for a reply. Although I know in a perfect world, we'll always get a response, communication flows back and forth, sometimes that doesn't happen. So what do you do? Well, I'm going to go back to AJ Craybill, who we had on at the beginning of the season on our first episode as a dual cast, who was talking all about school boards. He actually was talking about chain of command, how you approach certain things. Say there's a concern for your student. The first thing you should be doing is going to the teacher. It's the person who can get the most immediate help for you. You should not be jumping straight to the school board, calling a school board member and saying, hey, I want you to know Johnny had somebody throw a chicken nugget at their head today at school. (laughs) That's not going to the school board. That should be going to the teacher. They can do the most immediate response to that situation. If there's an issue with the teacher, as uncomfortable as it is, I would highly suggest trying to have that conversation with the teacher. I will tell you right now, as honest as your child may be, and as honest as my child may be, they look through a child's lens. Whether you're 11th grader, whether you're a first grader, they have an individual lens they're looking through things. So if they come home and complain about a teacher that did something this way, or a paraprofessional did something that way, or an administrator that did something that way, It may not be that they're lying. It may be that they don't have all the details, which happens often, or maybe they're just only viewing it from one aspect. So I say that because if you have a concern specifically about something that's happened maybe with with a staff member or you need to report something to a staff member and it's a tough conversation, please try to get over that hump and do it anyway. Don't just throw something out on social media and say, hey, I heard about this today. What do you think about this? This staff member did this. I'm not sure that's a really good approach, and I'll tell you why. Again, we want to build a team. We're trying to wrap your kid with people who are caring and compassionate and are trying to help. 
If we take our concerns and put them out into public forum or start spreading words and things that haven't been validated and confirmed, we're going to hurt the structure of that relationship and it makes it really difficult to repair. It's doable, but it's hard to repair. Now, I'm not saying that you wouldn't have a right to be upset if something goes wrong in your child's classroom. And if it is seriously a concern, I'm not talking a small teacher concern, I'm talking a major one, you need to go, would then, in that case, need to report that to their administrator. However, if it's something where you can address it with the actual teacher, as difficult as this is, contact them, have a hard conversation with them respectfully. And if your needs aren't met then, and your child's needs are not met then, then it's time to take it to their boss. So it is a chain of command. It all is prefaced with the level of severity of the need. If there's something extremely offensive about a teacher, yes, go above them. But for the vast majority of things, start with the teacher, and then if that those needs aren't met, then we go to their, their boss or the leadership team above them, assistant principals, principals, and so forth. What happens if you have a concern then about something that's happened in school specifically to your child and the needs are not met with the administrator? The next level would be central office. And then beyond that, we're looking at school board. But to get the needs met in the most immediate response, we start at the ground level, which is the people who can impact your child the most. And it's the boots on the ground. We start with the teachers and then we go from there. So as far as conflict is concerned, I'm going to close on this. If you address something with a teacher or you've talked with an administrator, you've gotten to that level about something that's concerning, as hard as this is, we need to restore that relationship and try to give them an opportunity to prove themselves that they can fix the problem. And that sometimes takes time. When we're talking about people, problems don't get fixed immediately. It's not like driving your car. You've got an issue with your car. You take it to your mechanic. They plug in a diagnostic and say, oh, there's the problem. We can fix that. I'm going to just do this. Tweak, tweak, tweak. Good to go. That's not how this works. We're talking about people. And so in order to get things repaired with whatever issue it is with your child, we need to communicate with the school. We start with the teacher, administrator, communicate with the school and allow them to have time to try to fix it. And I'm telling you, my wife and I have lived this, and I'm telling you, it is really tough to take a, take a step back and say, okay, I'm trusting you to do this. Our most important gifts to the world are our children. And so that is really, really tough to do. But in an ideal situation, we're working with the school, they're working with us, and everybody's got accountability. Because I do believe in holding schools accountable. You know what else I believe in? Holding parents accountable. And I do know sometimes there are parents who are unrealistic in what they're asking schools to do, and I would not want schools to unrealistically ask families to do certain things. It goes both ways, just like communication. We all need to be on the same page, communication flowing back and forth, and in the end, it's beautiful because your child gets the support they need, you get the information you need, the school gets the information you need, and it's all because we built a team, a team approach. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope that clears up a few things. Remember, you can always reach out to me if you've got questions, if you've got ideas on future topics that you think would be helpful. My email is rechargecommunity at gmail.com, and you can always get up with me on all the socials at Recharge Family. 
appreciate you out there, parents. I know it's hard. Communicating with schools back and forth can be super challenging. And you've got this being that you love dearly and you want the best for them. So to get the best, we try to all work together. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Talk to you again soon. Matter of fact, the only thing I do know is that most of the time I don't know. Dad, you're super cringy. Is your 9 or 10-year-old already starting to fill out their application for Harvard, Yale, or Oxford? Parenting is just flat-out messy sometimes. If you happen to like this stuff from the short bald dude, new episodes drop every other Thursday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you think he's halfway decent, you can also rate and review. You can also send him some feedback too if you email him at researchcommunity at gmail.com. You can share ideas on future topics or just yell at him for his horrible sense of humor. We do it all the time. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'd like to give a shout out to Kevin McLeod for the use of his music. You can check out his information in the show notes below.